Welcome back to a brand new episode of She Talks Life Podcast, and this is your host, Tavon Ray. You can find me here every Mondays and Fridays with brand new episodes. Please don't forget, if you enjoy listening to the podcast, leave a raving review, like the podcast, and subscribe. This helps the podcast to gain recognition and help push the content to a wider audience. Once again, thank you for listening. Now let's get into this week's episode. Good morning, guys. Welcome back. Welcome back to... Let's jump into the show today. We're going to talk some pop culture. Um, This week's pop culture or what's, you know, really going on in the news is... um, Apparently, two days ago, Nelly, the singer Nelly allegedly we're going to say allegedly on here even though people have screenshots he um accidentally posted a video on his so his instagram story of a woman giving him fellatio um since that has happened it looks like the lady has now since come out and said that she is going to sue him for slut shaming and posting her picture without her consent. Now, you guys know that is a big community guideline on social media, especially Twitter, um, Instagram, YouTube, any kind of social platform. That is a violation. Anything sexual that is not of consent of both parties is a violation of federal regulations we um we're gonna jump more into that in today's topic but um that's what we got for pop culture um oh and then after that the next day Lil Fizz from B2K apparently posted his member on the same platform and now, Lil Fizz from B2K, I don't know if that was an accident. I am assuming it isn't because the way Instagram is set up, in order for you to post something, you have to like load it, say yes, click this, accept, and it goes to your story. People are speculating that maybe he meant to send it to his close friend on Instagram and it accidentally went to the main page. Either way, um, it's still a violation because you didn't get consent to post this young lady's face in the video. Um, One other thing is that, you know, we got to be careful because social media is changing. And like I said, we're going to talk more about that in today's episode as we jump in. Then someone, I guess he's a rapper. His name is Isaiah Rashad. And yesterday, he was trending on Twitter. And when people looked up why he was trending on Twitter, someone dropped his sex tape with him and two male white men engaging in um, homosexual acts. Um, We don't shame anyone here. We support the LGBTQ um, community. Um, You know, we, we will never never sit down here and you know bash anyone 
for their choices of gender, sexuality, anything like that, because we are all who we are and we appreciate people to live the life that they're, they're comfortable living. Now, when Nelly and Lil Fizz came out with their stuff, it didn't really like connect or register for me because I wasn't really like, oh my God, what's going on? They're devastated for them. But when Isaiah Rashad's um, sex tape leaked, due to the circumstances that he is a black man and he was engaged in sexual act with two male white males, um, in the black community, homosexuality is one of those topics that are shunned, ridiculed, and looked down upon. And the fact that, you know, he is a black man, he is in the music industry. I want you guys, if you are listening and you saw that, please do not retweet it, do not share it, because you could harm someone and you don't know who would want to hurt this young man. So I advise you to respect this man's um, identity. It's already out there in the universe, but I want you to respect it because at the end of the day, it is very hard to be yourself and if he has never told anyone that his sexual orientation was geared towards other men you are putting his life at danger I know everyone wants to kiki and laugh and stuff like that but it's not really something that you should laugh about because that one kind of hit home to me because I felt so attacked when I saw that I was like oh my god like you're attacking him because now you have it out there that he's engaging with men and he may not have disclosed that information. And to me, that is outing. I know what it feels like to be outed when I wasn't ready to be outed. And I do not want that man to feel any kind of hurt or defamation of his character or anything like that. And so I am standing in solidarity with him because I don't want anyone to shame him or harm him physically this is a serious thing and we need to think about all the serious allegations even towards even though Lil Fizz I don't believe his video had anyone in it but even though Nelly and then Isaiah Rashad I feel like the other parties you still have to consider them as well because you've just exposed them also so that's all I got for pop culture. Um, I was going to bring up the Joe Rogan, Whoopi Bogart thing, but um, I might leave that for an, a later time because I'm still trying to wrap my head around the, the process of Joe Rogan, Spotify, and Whoopi Goldberg, The View, and their um, views and that kind of thing. So before I speak on something that I'm still trying to wrap my head around, I won't come on here and just spew anything. So we're going to leave that. We're going to table that. So let's go pay some bills. And when we come back, we're going to talk about today's topic. And today's topic is called career, wages, and social media. I'll be right back. Okay, now that we've paid some bills, let's jump into this week's topic. So this week's topic, I decided that um, I wanted to talk about career, wages, and social media footprint, and how they all kind of tie into each other as we um, navigate through this new stage of our life, right? So um, if you've listened to the first um, episode or a couple episodes back, you've heard me say that 
I was in that stage of life where I decided it was time to make a career jump, a career move. Um, I've been at my company for over six years and I've decided that where I am, I'm in a stagnant position. And so I've decided that I want to look for a new role. Now within the company, it's usually lateral moves. So when that happens, lateral moves, you don't really get a raise. It's just moving to the department. You've gotten your title and you've moved on. What it does is it's not a promotion per se, like a financial per se promotion. Um, and I've gotten those. I've gotten two lateral moves and then one promotion with increase in pay. However, the increase was not sustainable for me. Um, it's, it's an opportunity to grow, but I, at this stage, I'm not learning anything new. I'm not grasping any concepts new. There's no one teaching me anything new. It's basically me still teaching others. And so it's time for me to decide what I want to do. So when it comes to career and changing your career at a certain age, or even when you're young, because as in from your 20s to your 30s, you're bouncing from career to career to career because you're trying to find your fit. You're trying to find what fits your career needs, um, especially a lot of changes come with economy, how the economy is working, if the job market is booming, um, place where you're living, if you're willing to relocate. There's so many different factors that we look at first before we start looking for a career move. So what I like to do is I like to assess my current career track. Um, and when I mean that, I, what I mean by that is I look at the career that I'm in currently and I'm like, okay, you've been in this position for such and such a years. What do you want to do next? How does your growth or your skill sets propel you to the next stage of your career, whether it's in this company or another company. One of the things that I see um, happening is a lot of times we do not assess our current career track. So because we don't do that, we're not aware of what we want. We don't know what we need. We're burnt out. We don't even realize that we are burnt out in the current position we're in or, we, you know, because of the changing of times and to give an example, like, you know, when the pandemic hit, a lot of people lost their jobs and a lot of people switched careers due to the fact that they saw that this was a perfect opportunity to move um, because people were hiring, different companies were offering different incentives. Like when I'm looking on the career job sites, I'm seeing people like, offering $500 sign-on bonus or $1,000 or $1,500 bonus. Like there's incentives that are actually popping up just to get someone in the door. And some companies are looking to change their culture. They may have a whole bunch of people that's been there for a long time. They're, they're like on the hamster wheel and it's moving, but it's not really going anywhere. And there are some companies who are willing to acquire other um, new blood out in the uh, water to get the company back to a different perspective. So I like to assess my current career track. I like to think about education. Am I educated enough to um, move forward for a different position? Also, what I've learned in this company that I work with, networking is a big um, thing. They always say you should network, you should get to know other people because if there is a position that you're interested in, 
whether it's available now or it might be available in the future, you never know, get to network with the manager of that department or the supervisor with that department and just say, hey, um, I am either going to school for this or I am interested in one day maybe working in your department. What are some of the requirements that you think, skill sets that you think I would need to be able to be considered for a job if something came up in the future? That way you put yourself on the radar. They know who you are. They understand, oh, you know what? If there was a position open, I can look at that person and be like, yeah, I think she would be a great fit. She or he would be a great fit. So you must always, no matter what, always update your resume, keep your resume fresh and new so that they know what you have accomplished throughout your career, even at that company. So even if you wanted to move within the company and you say, for instance, you were, um, you know, in finance, but you want to go to, you were just doing basic finance, but you want to be a financial analyst or you want to work in treasury, you want to reach out and try to network with people that are in the FP and A programs in your company, those people who do all that kind of analysis and just try to understand what they do. You can offer, um, I don't know if every company does this, but I know sometimes at my company, you can offer your assistance. If you are, um, you have skills in that department, sometimes if that department is overwhelmed and they need another hand, even though it's not a promotion or you're not leaving your job to go over there, sometimes you can get some hands-on training with that department so that you can get an idea of what that job entails. And the reason I um, brought that up is because that had happened to me. I was working in a different department and once I was getting my feet wet in there and I was doing all the work and doing my job and then um, the other department that I'm in currently, they needed help understanding some things and so forth because we all aligned together. And I was, um, my name came up in, in a meeting with some executives like, hey, you know, she's very good at this. She's very good. She understands this. So maybe she could lend a helping hand. And so one day I was at work and I was sitting at my desk and they were doing like a um, user testing analysis and they came over and they said, hey, would you like to come over and kind of discuss some things with us so we could get some better insights? And that's how I was able to be on the radar for that skill set because I knew what the processes were, what all that stuff would needed to be. So that's how I assess my current career track is by, am I educated enough or am I willing to go out there and get another degree if I don't have one? So if you're at your bachelor's and you've been at your company for a couple of years, are you mentally ready to take on your master's or your doctorate or anything or a certificate in anything that is going to align you to get the job and the career that you want. That's basically what assessing means. It's like you need to assess yourself because they're assessing you as well. When you put your resume out there, they're assessing how you come across. And so you want to know like, do I have these qualifications? Am I willing to go back to school to learn something? And if, you know, you got to know what works best for you. So that's one tip that I am going to bring to the table. And that's it. Now, for me, another tip is find the big three. What's important to me as I make this transition? That's what I thought. What is important? So for me, um, the reason I say find the big three is I did a, um, 
um, informal interview with a recruiter a while back and she spoke to me and she said, oh, what are the big three things that interest you that you're looking for? And off the bat, I didn't really have anything concrete, but I knew two major ones and I just blurted it out. Competitive, better pay, growth, and then I said stability as my third one. And so she was like, okay, great. Because you got to think about what is it that's important to you for you to make that jump, to make that leap, to make that growth. Because when we are looking for a new job or we're putting ourselves out there for a job, there got to be something that we are seeking in order to accept that job, right? Um, I saw something on LinkedIn, another uh, article on LinkedIn is saying, um, don't move, don't leave your job until you are, what was the word that was used? Oh, until you are proud. I saw that as someone wrote that up. Do not make that move until you are proud. And that's the truth. You got to be proud of what you're accomplishing, right? So you know that you want to get a new job. You want to move to a new company. You want to learn more. So when you think about the big three, you think about, yeah, money is a motivator. It's the initial motivator because you want to be compensated for your skill sets and what you bring to the table and the job market and so forth. But what are the other two key components that will make you want to accept a job offer? So I know that I want growth, meaning I want to learn more. I want to be challenged. I want to be given tasks that will be outside my normal reach. I want to be able to be pushed to the limits of knowing that, yeah, these are my basic skill sets. I know how to do processes, but can I do this extra step that someone else is doing that I've never done before? So I want growth. Growth lets me know that I'm learning. I am growing. Um, in my skills, my education is aligning with the skill sets that I have and so forth. And that's what I think of as growth. Now, when it comes to stability, I want to think about the company's culture, the company's, um, you know, the vision, the mission, all that stuff that the company offers its employees, because stability is something that a lot of us want. We don't want to be jumping from job to job to job to job. So we want to know that when we accept a job is what is it like? And it's don't be afraid to ask a company what their turnover rate is like, or you can even Google it and try to find that out. I feel that's something that you can um, ask because one question that I always ask um, recruiters or anybody who's um, looking for me for a job is, in this current position, how long has the person been in this position? That lets me know that it's a position that will either be of stability or one that it's a constant rotation road. That lets me know that, oh, you know what, if I don't do this or I do the wrong thing or something like that, that's just me saying that, right? It could be something different. But if they say, oh, this role has been filled, the last person that filled this role had this role for about six six years, that lets me know like, okay, good. They're willing to keep you in that role. And that means you got stability at the company. Also, one of the things I ask is why did the person leave the role? Um, and, you know, cause you want to know, did they get laid off? Did they um, get fired? Whatever. Sometimes you got to gauge how they answer the question. Sometimes they could be like, oh, that person decided to pursue other opportunities, or they could say something like, you know, that person was promoted. Sometimes they say it outright so you know that you're filling in for a position that someone moved up from. That means to you is 
they're willing to promote. So you are getting that growth, you're getting move up, you're, you're elevating, you're evolving and you're growing. So always think about those three things that are really important to you and start asking questions along those lines when you do get into a job interview with the um, hiring manager because you want to know if this company is a, a right fit for you because the same way they're interviewing you, you have to interview them because you don't want to go to a company that you're not comfortable with and you can't feel fit in, like you don't feel like you fit into that um, culture. And so that's definitely you need to ask questions when you're doing that. Um, Another thing is, why is it so important to stay relevant in the job market, even though you already have a job or a career? Um, this dawned on me um, yesterday. I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, as I'm searching for jobs, right? I haven't been in the job market for six years. A lot has changed in six years there's a lot more different types of jobs, different roles. Now we got remote jobs, we got hybrid jobs, we got all different types of jobs, but we also have companies that are taking two and three positions and mashing it into one, which means that you might have skills for two of those, but then that third one is what they really need and you don't have that skill set. So then you're like the slim picking. It's very slim picking. Um, You'll never know when you need to make the jump. So I always feel like no matter what, always keep your resume updated. We've heard that throughout our schooling. They always tell you that if you've been in business school, they always tell you, make sure you have a current resume. Make sure you have an updated resume all the time because at any moment, you never know when you need to make that jump. Um, here's the thing. Is money the number one comp component why people change careers. Um, I also read on LinkedIn a, poor, a post that said, poor leadership is why employees leave companies. So let me share my thoughts on this. Um, years ago in the 90s and 2000s, wages was very important. It was high on the list. When people made the jump from a job, they always made it because they want more money. They want better pay. So they're going to, if you're at, $15 an hour, you jump up, you want more money. So you take two, $3 more, or you take $10 more. It all depends on what you do, but you're looking to grow, elevate and move. You don't want to be in a position where, okay, if I'm making 50,000 here, I don't want to, because I'm not happy at this company. I'm going to run over here and take 55 grand or 60 grand, sometimes that doesn't really add up because you're still back in a place where you're not as comfortable. So you have to know what kind of motivated drives you to get a different job and keep that different job. So when I was looking at this and I read that post, I realized, yes, poor leadership is actually the number one component that makes people leave their organizations for other organizations. I am doing my master's in management and leadership. And the reason I picked management and leadership is because I have a management and leadership skill set. I have trained people. I have managed people. I know how to manage people. And it's just sometimes it's something that you just innately have being better managers and qualified managers and qualified leaders. Um, I look at my leadership structure, the ones that are like right up above me, not too far up above the company, but those who I report to in my career. And I realized that because of poor leadership, the revolving door happens. 
Um, we hired someone today. He stays for two weeks. He realized that, you know, the job isn't what he thought it was and he moved on. Leadership doesn't really engage. You know, there's, it's, it's funny. For instance, we just hired someone and as a manager, as a leader in your group, you're supposed to introduce that new person to the group and say, hey, we got a new member, blah, blah, whatever, or even send out an email stating that this person has joined the group, blah, blah, blah. So we're in the staff meeting and she's just going on and on and on and on. And he, she says his name, he tossed, and I just stopped her and I said, um, excuse me, who is this person? And she lashed out, oh yeah, I forgot to, um, you know, introduce him, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, he's taken on the role of this person that left a couple of months ago. And so that's who he is. And he's a part of our team. He's been here over a month and I never knew that. So leadership sometimes do not understand how to lead and you just have, it's either you have it or you don't have it. That's how I feel about leadership because I've worked with some really great leaders who know how to structure, who understands their team, who understands the employees and they understand how the employees need to create their, the better job. And while I'm taking my master's in management and leadership and I'm reading all these um, Harvard Business Review um, articles about management and leadership, I see all different types of things about being on a virtuous team, being on, uh, you know, being able to manage and direct and, and grow your team and develop a good relationship with your team. And so I'm learning more, even though I have that innate ability to do these things, and I've already done these things with my team members, I just feel like the more I learn, I'm learning to be a better manager. Everyone comes to me, my team members, they do not fault at coming to me for assistance and direction and leadership at all. And what I do is whether they are under me or they're with someone else and they're working aligning with me as a team, because that is how I feel we're all a team, I will assist in training them or assist in getting them the right on the right track where they need to go so they know how to do it. It feels good when I hear some of my team members, even from other teams, who when we do our um, feedback for the year end, a lot of them would say how they love working with me because I am very hands-on. I help them understand processes. I show them if they don't know it, I show it to them and they understand it in a better light. Like I feel so appreciative when I read those comments back from the people who I've worked with that are not aligned in my team, but I've worked with them throughout the year because they're on other teams and so forth. So management and leadership is something that drives and people to stick around. A lot of times people are not going to stick around because of poor leadership, because they don't feel appreciated. They don't feel valued. And we have to value our employees. We have to value the people who report to us because they're the ones who keeps the wheels rolling. They're the ones who gets the job done. And so being a good leader is what will keep people in the seat. But if you are not a great leader, you don't have great leadership skills leadership skills, that is really the number one reason why a lot of people leave organizations. You know, um, companies do 
um, exit interviews. And I've worked with so many people who've left and gone on to different companies that are still, um, you know, still reach out to me and say, hi, how you're doing? And I remember when um, this one person, he left and he, when he came back to the, um, do his exit interview and he came over to say goodbye, he said to me, you know, they asked him what was his reason. He was like, poor management. Simple as that. He says he didn't even care about the money. It was just poor management. He didn't like how management was doing things and management wasn't listening to the team. And so a lot of people from that team jumped ship. And that is really a hard thing to see. So when you are looking for newer career opportunities, always, always make sure you do your research so you understand why that company has a position that's open that you're looking for. Um, ask those questions, ask the questions of like, you know, what's your turnover rate? How is, you know, what's longevity? How many, cause my company is over a hundred years old and people have been there. When I first started the guy that retired the year I started, he was hit. He, I, he left his retirement. He was there for 40 something years. Okay. There's so many people in my company that has been in this company for 20 years, 30 years, but that was because back then stability and longevity was the number one driver to keep them there. They had great management, but when new management comes in and things change up, you never know what you're going to get. So like I said, always make sure that when you are looking and you're thinking about making those career changes and you're thinking about wages, know that yes, wages are more money is, um, you know, that's the initial assessment, right? But it doesn't always be the end goal for you. Yes, you could take more money, but you also want to have a good culture relationship in the, in the company. And if the culture in the company doesn't fit with you, you'll be looking for another job within a couple of months. So the last topic we're going to talk about is social media um, and how social media footprint and social media representation. The reason I wanted to talk about this is because um, when I started my LinkedIn profile, I never really like invested in it. Um, I don't really use LinkedIn, so I don't really know all of the ins and outs about it. All I go on there to do is I create my profile, I put my resume on there, I put things that I'm interested in on there. And one of the things that I put on there was that I was a social media writer, which I was. I did um, my blogs. I started blogging when blogging became a thing. Um, I did poetry. I'm a writer. I also, you know, published in one of my school um articles. And so it was a proud moment for me to showcase those accomplishments on there. So recently, um, a gentleman um, that I was trying to recruit with, he sent me a message. Now he's had my resume. He's, um, you know, he looked at my resume. We talked, we had a great conversation. And then he came back and he's like, oh, what, what is the social media um, writer on there? Now I don't go on LinkedIn, so I don't remember what was on there. So I was like, oh, um, I just have a blog and I have a podcast and whatnot. Now I'm not gonna lie or div and divulge it because social media is growing rapidly and a lot of companies are creating social media brand strategists so that they could get their footprints on social media and get a piece of the pie. The pie 
of social media is growing. Instagram has changed not only its algorithm, but it has also changed its business model. And because Instagram has changed its business model, things are starting to change. People are trying to monetize for their content creation and all that digital footprint that they leave. We always hear, if you don't want something to be on the internet, do not post it. And that is so true. If you Google my name, you will see my poetry and what it's geared to. There's no scandal. There's no negativeness. There's no uh, propaganda. There's nothing like that. Because when I started social media a long time ago, the first thing I started doing was writing poetry on social media. That was my number one thing. That was from that was my voice. I didn't have it to share. I never let anyone know that I was a, a writer. I never let anyone know anything. And then when I got on um, Facebook and I started posting and I got on my blogs, I started with Google and Google had blog space and I put that stuff out there. And I was just writing poetry every single day. I would write poetry and put it out there. And, you know, people would listen. They would comment and say, oh, my God, this is really beautiful. It was starting to find my literary voice as my hobby apart from that. And then I took a leap of faith and said, self-publish and I chose Amazon and Amazon self-publish and I have my publishing out there. I'm not ashamed of it. I am happy to know that that's out there. Um, if a company feels like that will take away from them offering me a position, there's nothing I can do about that, but move on to the next one because there's always one closed door, somebody else is gonna open the door. That's how I feel with faith. Because I don't want what I don't want to do is use social media as a fair tactic to get not get me a job. So I wanted to discuss it openly here on this platform so that you guys could understand. Be careful, yes, about what you share on social media. Don't go to the extent where you are sharing like derogatory things or bashing people or, you know, fake news and all kind of stuff like that. Choose wisely on how you do what you need to do so that you can get what you need to get. Um, when it comes to um, using social media and the representation of social media, social media is not a bad thing. You can use social media for good and how to build brand presence. I've been on social media and I've been looking at different brand strategists, different companies like Sephora, um, L'Oreal, big top name companies in the beauty industry, fashion industry, technology industry. Like I love Twitter so that I can, um, so that I can, um, you know, keep up with Elon Musk, keep up with technology, keep up with, um, you know, Jeff Bezos and stocks and learn about that. Like social media has opened up my eyes to so many different things and interests that I never thought I would be interested in, like stocks and bonds. I've always wanted to be interested in stocks and bonds. I didn't really know what to look for. I didn't know what to think about. And I've been learning so much on different social media platforms like Reddit and all these different um companies that are putting out information. Yes, you have to still do your research, but that's with anything you do. Even if you've learned it from a company about stocks, you still got to do your own research to kind of figure out what it is that you want to get into with stocks. Um, social media is not, I know they say, oh, 
it's a presentation of who you are for the company. So if you have a social media platform, some companies might not want you to have a social media presence. Some people might say, hey, you don't reflect what the company has, so don't have social media. I know some companies will tell you to like sign where you don't have social media. But to be honest with you, social media is here to stay. Technology is here to stay. I've had so many classes um, at my school with this master's program that we talked about social media, talk about IT technology and all that stuff with social media and learning about AI and all this stuff and all that I'm hearing all that jargon and all that stuff on social media as well as Googling stuff and then in the books and that kind of thing. And I just feel like take it for what it is. It's a, you know, sift through it, make the decision to choose what you want to consume and how you respond to it and put it out there. Um, for me, I spoke to my mentor yesterday because um, I do have a mentor and I'll bring that up again. I spoke to my mentor and she's all about my career mentor and she helps me understand like my career track, how to navigate my career and talk about certain tough topics that I don't necessarily know how to discuss our approach. And I asked her um, point blank. I told her the story and I said, I felt a little uncomfortable when he asked me for like my social media links and stuff. And I asked, I said, you know, I started thinking, should I take that off of my LinkedIn page? Because I don't want people to get the wrong impression. And she says, um, to be honest with you, Yes, I would take it off because you don't want, it's all about representation of the company. They might, you know, you might be capable of doing the job. You have a great skill set and stuff. But if there's something that you've said on social media that doesn't align with their um, culture or their vision or their mission, then that could hinder you from getting the job. So I had to be the bigger person in the way of being very, not say be the bigger person. Let me not use that. I had to be very educated to myself about job seeking now in the future and how it affects you. And so I decided to take that off my LinkedIn profile because it isn't something that I want to showcase like that because it doesn't align with what I am currently skilled for. Um, I have a degree in journalism, but I also have business um, management and business administration um, degree. So my focus of my career is geared towards business, growing business, financial, and that kind of thing. So I didn't want to make the correlation that, oh, I'm spending more time on social media type things or, you know, doing um, stuff like that. I like to freelance. I do freelance writing. I'm still going to continue to do that because I think it's interesting for me to still get my creative juices going. It's a hobby. It's a balance on this is what makes me happy when I am not, this is a de-stressor for me, as, as I should say. So um, that's what I wanted to talk about for the social media. I know I did say um, why I decided to take it off and having a mentor. Yes, having a mentor. It is great that when you're in your career, even if you are a young exec starting out, you should seek mentorship. Mentorship helps you grow in your career track. It helps you grow in the business and it helps you understand how to navigate corporate America. I've had several mentors throughout my life, career life. And this current mentor, she um, 
was at the company years ago. She was a young executive. She became a young manager. Then she got married, had a kid, went away to be a mom. And then she came back to the organization. And now she is doing something different. And it is something that she took the time to go back to school to learn, which is what I was explaining to you guys about education. Are you willing to go and learn something new in order to get that job and do the job that you wanna do. So as things come up in my career, I usually like to meet with her 30 minutes. Um, it could be a little quick lunch, 30 minute lunch over Zoom or whatever. We'll discuss um, how's it going with the job that I'm in. My, you know, We're at the same company. And um, one of the things my company does promote is mentorship. They always talk about it in like Six Sigma. They always talk about it. I actually participated in the first round of Six Sigma and then they kind of, things changed and they kind of put a hold on the Six Sigma. My Six Sigma was about training and how to effectively train others um, because one of the things that I'm good at is training people knowing how to train because everybody doesn't train the same way. Everybody has different way of comprehending um, information and how they perceive and receive information. So I joined that um, first stage of Six Sigma and I enjoyed it. I love that kind of stuff. Um, so once I realized like what drives my gears, what gets my juices going, I start to figure out how to align that in my career track. How can I... Um, even mentor somebody in the future or how can I gain another mentor? We also have speakers that come to our organization who are from like the global spectrum or like from corporate who will come down to our level and start to talk about their career path, how they've reached to the top and so forth. I always suggest that if you are in an organization, even if you're not trying to change careers, outside of that organization, but you are trying to change careers within that organization, whenever you see them say, hey, we have these speakers coming, I encourage you to go to those events because they're events that help you learn and grow and network. I've been to Deloitte a couple of times for Power to Fly. I love that. It's a technology um, a community where you know it shows about women in technology and all that kind of stuff and i was invited by deloitte to come out and hear these people speak and it was so empowering i took one of my old managers she doesn't work with me anymore but i took her as my guest and she told me that that was one of the best things she she went to in a while because she was able to hear about all the things that drives deloitte and other areas of deloitte especially about leadership and mentorship and networking and stuff like that. So if you are a young executive or even if you are in the business for years, but you've never really looked out to the cold career path as a big spectrum, I suggest you start thinking about organizations and aligning yourself with organizations that actually work for people who want to elevate their career. I know they have like young MBA um, networking groups. They have black MBA networking groups and that kind of thing, because you never know who you know. And if you're looking for a job and someone might know of someone that's looking for your skill set, they could possibly say, hey, you know what? How about you submit your resume to such and such a company because that person is looking for someone just like you and whatnot. And I think there's no harm in it, um, but just, just know that you need to show up, be present, 
go to the organizational meetings, meet with people in the same career path as you, search online for those groups that are about networking because there's so many places you could find on social media and groups that are um, looking for um, empowerment of women. Um, my old controller, one of her things when she first got to the company was to talk to the women in the company who were there a little longer than two years. And then we were um, asked about what would this empowerment mean to you? How do you see women's empowerment? And she really took on to what we said. And it was so funny. The first time I met her, like she remembered my name because I saw her in another like executive meeting. And the first thing she came up to me, she's like, Hey, and she said my name. And I was like, Oh, hi, how are you doing? And she was like, great to see you here. I'm so glad you're here. We're going to do some great things. And it was just so empowering to see that people recognize who you are and where, where you make an impact. So career changes, Wages and social media footprint, they all kind of work hand in hand, especially with the new generation and where we are as a person out here, as we're starting to seek career um, opportunities. Even if you're fresh out of college and you've never had a job before, maybe these are some of the things that you might want to consider. Um, there are so many job boards out there that you can actually um, go put your resume on and try to find a career move, uh, a career path, or you know, find a new job or stuff like that. I don't like to say the word job. Um, I always try to say career because tech it really and truly it's about building your career footprint. What will you see on your resume as you grow into business and corporate America? Sometimes it might not be corporate America. Sometimes it'd be a small company. And here's another thing that I've always talked about when it says about accessing of my current career track and asking what's relevant and what's the three things that go. The fourth thing I should say is industry. What industry do you want to work for? I've now, you know, people used to ask that a long time ago, and I always never really knew what to say. I used to be like, oh, it doesn't matter the industry. It could be any industry. But sometimes because of niche markets and different type of, you know, skills, you might not be able to do that skill set in a automotive industry or a real estate industry or, you know, like a real estate agent isn't going to come to an automotive industry company unless they're doing real estate for the automotive company. You see where I'm saying, where I'm going with this? So always think about also the industry you wanted to work for. I remember when I first started out after college in my early 20s, I wanted to work for Ogilvy Publications. Um, Ogilvy Public Relations is one of the thought public relations firms in America. Um, and they had a New York office. I lived in New York and I was working. And it's so funny that I was working in New York and I came across them because I was getting ready to do my degree in journalism and writing and stuff like that. And I was like, when I'm finished, I'm going to get a job at Ogilvy Public Relations because that's what I want to do. I want to be a public relations specialist. I want to do this. I want to write. I want to do all this. That was the I was focused on that industry because that's what my degree was geared towards, that industry of PR and being able to write PR for people and stuff like that. So um, that never happened, but full circle, 
I moved away from New York and then I came back to New York and I was looking for a job and I actually got a temp job at the same Ogilvy PR firm in New York City as an accounts receivable specialist. That was a temp position. It didn't, it was very short lived because the person was just going out on vacation and they needed somebody to backfill until the person came back. Um, and I went and I did a really great job. And the guy that I worked for was really a great guy. And I thought like, oh my God, I love the culture at Ogilvy. I thought it was a great opportunity. And I was like, yes, one day I'm going to come back here. Unfortunately, I never got to pursue PR, but I've not stopped doing looking about public relations or anything to do with writing or anything like that. I just know that, you know, my focus changed. Um, and so, yeah, when I started off early on in, in my career, I was in accounts receivable. I was learning about accounting as I was growing. And yes, even though I made it to the company, I manifested that company. I, it was just a short lived moment, but it was a very, it felt like I accomplished something that I set out to do was to actually work there. Um, so I'm going to leave you guys with that. I hope you guys enjoyed the, um, today's episode. I hope you guys took away something from this. Always keep in mind, I love to share my thoughts on, you know, how these topics affect my life. And I always bring you a story along with it and my, share my, um, thoughts on them. So I hope you guys found something that you could take away from this. And I will see you again next week on Monday with a brand new episode. Also, don't forget to um, tomorrow you will get a bonus episode because it will be our first awareness episode for the, the year 2022. So I hope you guys tune in. Don't forget to um, like, leave any reviews, share this podcast, subscribe to the podcast, give me any tips that you would love to give me and tell me about your experiences and what you are trying to do when it comes to your career track. I will leave a question on the Spotify network um, once I load this. So if you want to answer that question, it'll be a quick yes or no answer, just a poll to see how you guys um, fared with the podcast. And yeah, I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the She Talks Life podcast. Today was a great episode. I hope you guys enjoy that. I can't wait to see you back here on the next episode. And peace out.